So the question is, how does one create, build, and protect and multiply your wealth in a global interconnected economy where change is happening rapidly and constantly and financial markets are rigged to benefit financial institutions and enrich corporate insiders? I've made it my mission to uncover how you can create, protect, and multiply your wealth in any economy and have interviewed the top investors and wealth experts for over three years. I share what I've learned from them and continue to learn on my journey. I'm MC Lobsher, and this is Cashflow Investing Secrets. MC Lobsher, and thank you so much for joining me again for another episode of the Cashflow Investing Secrets podcast. This is, of course, the show where cash is not king, cash flow is king. Today's show is brought to you by Swan Bitcoin. When you go to swanbitcoin.com forward slash cashflow ninja and open up a Bitcoin savings account for yourself and your family, you'll get $10 in Bitcoin as a bonus. I've looked around a lot of platforms. Swan Bitcoin is the best platform I've found. I personally use it. And again, for all of our listeners and our community members, when you go to swanbitcoin.com forward slash cashflow ninja, you'll get $10 as a bonus in Bitcoin for opening your Bitcoin savings account. Everything Cashflow Ninja is at CashflowNinja.com. Podcasts, tools, resources, programs, and a copy of my new book, The 21 Best Cashflow Niches, Creating Wealth in the Best Alternative Cashflow Investments. It's also available on Amazon at CashflowNinja.com. When you screenshot a proof of your purchase, um, and send it to my team at info at cashflowninja.com. You'll get access to a digital version, an audio version, and a curated library of interviews discussing the niches and more bonus goodies. In today's episode, I'm going to cover the war in the Ukraine with Russia. War. What is it good for? Absolutely nothing. Say it again. Yeah. Um, war. What is it good for? And who is it good for? We'll get to that too. But first, I think to set the table for this conversation about this war, which is all over the media and, of course, covered ad nauseum everywhere, where now everybody is now foreign policy experts and Ukrainian experts and Russian experts, I'm going to set the table with the following question to the listeners and the viewers. How would you rate on a scale of one to 10 the media's coverage of COVID the last two years? How would you rate on a scale of one to 10 the media's coverage of COVID the last two years? Think about it. How did the media cover the origin of COVID-19, the available treatments to the virus, the cases, the deaths? How did the media cover the lockdowns? How about restrictions, masks, social distancing? How did the media cover the jab development, Operation Warp Speed? How did they cover the safety studies and tests um, conducted? How did they cover the rollout of the jab? How did they cover the safety and effectiveness? How did they cover the side effects? How did the media cover injuries? And deaths. Think about that for a second. The score out of 10 that I would give the media is, I mean, zero, you're two, you're, you're, you're giving them more than they deserve. I would give them a minus 10 out of 10 because 
not only did they present and cover COVID-19 in a manner of spinning towards a certain position or just delivering pure propaganda, I would, I would argue with my worldview that it was 100% lies. Now, pretty much to anybody that's willing to look at things uh, objectively, it was 100% lies. So knowing that the media covered COVID-19 over the past two years like this, that I would give them a minus 10 out of 10, how do you think the media is covering the situation, conflict, or war in the Ukraine with Russia? Think about that for a second. Now, I would argue that we have no idea what's going on there. I would argue that we have no idea why it started, why it happened, and also now know what the de latest developments are, because we don't have a media that's going to give us any actual information about what's actually going on. I'm going to argue and say that it's not even spinning propaganda. If you've noticed, they've gotten really bad at that too. Um, I'm ju just going to argue that it's probably, in all likelihood, 100% lies again. And this is from the Russian side, from the Ukrainian side, and then also the Western media, which, uh, yeah, it's just, I mean, it's just... It's just embarrassing. Um, you know, in a situation so serious where there's a lot of human suffering and there's um, human lives at stake and being lost in the event, uh, the coverage is just, I mean, it's just an insult uh, to, to any person that is critically thinking. So I'm not going to pretend that I know what's going on, why it happened, what's currently happening, and what the latest development is. Not at all. You know, there's another saying, and you know by now that I butcher quotes, but the first casualty of war is the truth, right? The first casualty of war has always been the truth. So knowing that and looking at how media have just covered COVID-19 the past two years and looking at some of the laughable coverage uh, at best that we've received from this situation, conflict, or war, I'm not going to even pretend that any of us know what's going on. I'm going to look at, however, certain things that could affect us as business owners and investors from this situation uh, in, in the Ukraine and this, this uh, war between the Ukraine and, and Russia. Um, you know, I've covered before that you know, there's three types of war, really. There is psychological warfare, which uh, I think I've made a pretty strong argument that we have been under severe psychological warfare over the past over the past two years, and we still we're still under it. If you look at the quality of the information that we're receiving about the Ukraine Russia uh, conflict, um, and then also economic and financial warfare is the second kind of means of warfare, and usually. If you, if you do psychological warfare well and economic and financial warfare well, you don't really need to um, bring in the third type of warfare, which is kinetic. And that's what we're seeing in that conflict. Um, I would also uh, continue to argue that all three of them are, are prevalent right now. Um, most of the world, obviously not kinetic. That's happening in the Ukraine and Russia. But psychological warfare and economic and financial warfare, absolutely. I mean, we... We shared an example of what was happening in Canada 
with a freedom trucker convoy of bank accounts being frozen, financial services being frozen. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's there's that is financial and economic warfare. So yeah, that is a huge, huge theme of what's playing out, and that's something I can't speak to because that you can kind of see what's happening, and you I can develop a hypothesis and a, an opinion around the the economic and financial warfare going on. We've obviously seen sanctions being issued by NATO countries and the West on on Russia, which will obviously impact and affect the Russian economy, but also people all over the world. Um, there's a lot of oil and gas coming from, from Russia to the rest of Europe. Um, and then also, we're, we're now seeing uh, assets being frozen, such as bank accounts and, and asset seizures of, uh, of certain particular Russian individuals uh, in, in, in Europe. And then, of course, we've seen the SWIFT system, which is the, the, uh, I mean, it's, it's the, it's the, it's the mechanism through which money is moving around the world. Um, but the SWIFT system uh, is essentially being used as, as a weapon against uh, Russian banks, which is going to have huge implications, right? So, I mean, just look at those three things. I mean, sh- sanctions obviously is, tr- is when you're trying to punish another country, right? Um, so there, it's going to affect the Russian economy tremendously. Um, it's going to affect everyone else that's trying to punish the Russia. The, uh, uh, Russia. Um, and then, of course, on an individual level, when bank accounts are being frozen and assets are being seized, um, there's another word for that, right? It's, it's stealing, essentially. Um, but you're seeing governments of countries now feeling comfortable that they can do this because the Russians are the bad guys in this conflict. So anyway, so that, that's kind of disturbing and alarming for any person that in, uh, values individual sovereignty and freedom to, to see that. Um, and then obviously the swift banking system being used as, as, a, as a weapon um, to, to target specifically Russian banks to essentially bring them to their knees. Well, who's got money in Russian banks? The Russian people. So if you haven't listened to any of our content the past two years, uh, this would all be pretty shocking to any individual. But if you have listened to our content and hear us discuss the Great Reset, which is essentially the controlled demolition and collapse and reset of current systems and, and, and structures, which we've taken for granted our entire life, then you could kind of see these things coming. Um, let's just talk about the monetary system. The monetary system is is on its lost legs. It's now been 50 years since we're in this fiat monetary system, right? This debt-based fiat system since August 15, 1971. Um, so it's on its lost legs. So essentially what comes next has already been shared with us. What comes next in the monetary system is central bank digital currencies. And it's to no surprise uh, that that's now been heavily marketed in the news from what I can see. Um, and this might be uh, this might be the event of the Russian financial system needing a complete overall and switching to their own central bank digital currencies because it's essentially uh, been targeted uh, by the West, by NATO, by the entire world for 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 
for what it looks like. It even looks like Switzerland has come out against the Russians, which they've always maintained neutrality. So maybe this is how they're going to target the Russian financial system and monetary system and try to crash it. We've seen the ruble go down uh, tremendously. We've seen the Russian stock markets closed. We've seen interest rates shooting up extremely high from 9.9, you know, high up in the 9% to the 20%. It's, it's going to devastate the, uh, the Russian monetary system and the Russian economy and the Russian financial system. Well, the solution might be central bank digital currencies. China has got them ready to roll out too, which is part of the BRICS, Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa, that sort of alliance of countries. China's already got it sitting on the shelf. So is this the event that takes you to where we've already been told we're going to go? And is, would the Russians be the first domino in the central bank digital currencies? Um, the other thing is the banking system. I mean, just think about if you're a citizen in that country, having money in, 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 in Russian banks at the moment. And again, you have to separate, regardless of what your viewpoint is of this, um, which I don't know how anybody can have a very strong one, because I don't, uh, as I mentioned, we have not received any information to develop a, a opinion or a strong viewpoint about this. But let's just say you have, you have to separate the people and the actions of their government. So I feel for the people that live in that country, the Russian people are great people, um, I feel for the people that did not see this coming and they have money in banks because uh, they will be essentially on the wrong side of all of this volatility and this this uh, yeah this this monetary system collapse essentially. Uh, that's very important to know. And then of course, I mean, you have the the currency, which is the Russian Russian ruble. You have the banking system. All that we have talked about. If you look at our uh, reset framework that we use by identifying threats, money is right at the top. Like I said, monetary system on its lost legs. Banking is right underneath it. The banking system as it is will not exist in the same way that it is currently structured. I would argue five years from now, but that's probably too long. It might be sooner than that. Uh, but I would confidently say five years from now, it's not going to look any way or shape or form that it looks like today. So those are two huge threats playing out to this. Then, of course, censorship and cancel culture is playing into this, right? And we've covered that in previous episodes. And most folks would first, when they hear me talk about it, say, what does censorship and the cancel culture have anything to do with business and investing, MC? I'm like, a lot. Uh, and it's going to have a lot to to uh, a lot of influence in all of our lives move, moving forward. So with this, I'll, I'll share the individuals again. Now, individuals are being targeted. Russians have oligarchs, right? Uh, and everywhere else in the West, they're called titans of industry. Uh, all of, and they're all above board. There's nothing shady about any of the titans of industry, right? You just need to look. take five minutes to look at any one of them to see that that's not the case. But that aside, the Russians have bad oligarchs. West have titans of industry. So now you're targeting that individuals, and they may or may not be very shady with very shady backgrounds and ties to a lot of bad things and are involved in all of this nonsense. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. But what I do know is if you make examples of people, and, and, and the rest of the public say, yeah, that's okay. 
That's okay. Seize that person's bank account and assets. That's okay. The same way that they did in Canada, right? These are evildoers and, and racist and misogynist and all the all the different terms that they can throw at you. Very bad people, very bad protests, not a good protest. They shouldn't have freedom to protest. By the way, they shouldn't have the right to have bank accounts or financial assets or anything. And half of the half of the population say, yeah, that's fair. You know, that's good. I don't like any of that. I don't like the fact that anybody's being used to be or positioned as a bad person. And now we could do these certain things to them. And everybody else says, oh, yeah, that's okay. Because, you know, they're bad people, whoever this is being done to. Because essentially, this will be rolled out <laughs> throughout uh, the rest of the world in the country that you're at and operating to the citizen level to the smaller girl or guy level. That's just how, that's, that, that's just, if, if you look at history and you pick up a history book, you're probably going to see that. Um, you know, that's not illuminating stuff at all. Uh, if you've picked up a history book, you've seen this. So what does this have to do with business owners and investors right now? So I've mentioned the threats, right? We've assessed the threat level of all of this is we don't really know what's going on, but what we do know is that there's, all three types of warfare being conducted, psychological and economic and financial, mostly all over the world, kinetic in the Ukraine with, with Russia. Um, and then we've looked at, well, this is kind of the big picture from with regards to the Great Reset is, yeah, I mean, the monetary system is on its lost legs. Banking, the banking system as it exists right now, it's on its lost legs. What can I do? Well, you have to have a strategy to prepare for uh, the, the inevitable, I mean, controlled demolition of these systems. So what can you do? So from a money, a money standpoint, you know, we've spoken about how to decentralize yourself. Gold and silver is great. And, but also, you know, gold and silver is a great wealth insurance strategy. Physical gold and silver, not ETFs not paper gold or paper silver. Those are fraudulent uh, uh, vehicles. Uh, physical, that you can touch, that you can hold, right? So yeah, it's, 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 a, it, it's been money throughout centuries. It'll be money you know, for, <laughs> for the next couple of centuries. A silver, very undervalued asset cost too, by the way. Um, so yeah, so having those, you can decentralize uh, yourself in a money sense, you can also look at cryptocurrencies such as Bitcoin. I mean, if you have Bitcoin's probably getting the biggest ad, advertisement right now from between Canada and this Ukraine Russian situation. Uh, it's a huge advertisement for for Bitcoin um, and other cryptocurrencies such as private coins, right? Because Bitcoin isn't necessarily private, but there's a limited supply. It's money that you own when you own your private keys. Remember, not your coins, not your keys, not your coins. Um, and then also, you can use it to pay for things easier than, than gold and silver. Um, and then, of course, cash, cash on hand. Take money out of banks. Have physical cash in, in, in your position. Um, when it comes to the banking side of things, too, with these two big threat 
levels that I'm talking about, money and banking. Yeah, I mean, there's different ways that you can become your own banker. We talk about the infinite banking concept strategy, where the money is not in the banking system. It's actually in a mutual insurance company. So um, have physical cash on hand, but then also decentralize yourself from this banking system by creating your own banking system, essentially, where you can warehouse a large portion of savings in, for example, a well and correctly structured dividend-paying whole life insurance policy with a mutual insurance company. Uh, for more information on that, just go to cashflowninja.com forward slash banking. Um, that'll take you to a page where you can submit information and talk to uh, a team member of mine at, at, at Producers Wealth, where we specialize in, in structuring those policies. But that's important. And another part of that is, again, crypto. When you own your keys, you own the, the this medium of exchange, right? This money, this cryptocurrency. Um, there's also strategies which allows you to use that and, 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 and create a banking system around what you're doing, utilizing crypto. Yeah, and again, it's been an advertisement for cryptocurrencies, Bitcoin specifically, and also private private coins um, for a while now since since uh, we've had um, well yeah we've had, we've had all these crises in, in in up in Canada and now of course the the Ukraine and Russia conflict um, so those are things to think about decentralization in our reset framework we give you many different areas of where you should be looking for things to happen, number one, different areas of our lives. But you, we also talk about actionable strategies of how to decentralize yourself from these systems and structures, which, I mean, is it's in a controlled collapse at the moment. So um, you want to be on the right side of this and you want to help other people to be on the, the right side of this. So if you really find what we share here powerful, please share with as many people as you can, family, friends, coworkers, people in your network. We're trying to reach as many people as we can because there are ways to get through this chaos uh, that we're in um, and this one crisis followed by another crisis followed by another crisis. This uh, just, yeah, this, this world of just a new crisis coming up every single week. There's ways to get through this and actually position yourself um, to be on the greatest transfer of wealth in human history. Um, but the first thing that you need to do is, is you need to, to, to get protective measures in place, and then, then, you, uh, then you attack. Um, but yeah, you, you have to have these uh, protective measures in place um, uh, to protect yourself, your family, your business, and, and your investments. Just think about it this way. If you were a person in the Ukraine or Russia, you know it's terrible that there's innocent people, again, on both sides of this. Um, if you were in those countries, just think about it, and all your money was in a bank, and you did not have a plan B, your money was in a bank, uh, you had a job, which was your only source of income, and you had a retirement account, which is tied up in the financial uh, service industry of, of the Ukraine or Russia, how would you feel right now? But if you were people on both sides in, in the Ukraine or in Russia, and you've taken proactive measures 
to decentralize yourself, whether it be uh, with regards to money. So you had some gold or silver or just some crypto where you have you own your keys. So you own your coins. Um, we had some cash on hand. So you can at least if you're in the Ukraine, get out of the country and pay for your way to get out of the country or the same with the Russians, where there's now bank runs starting. Um what if you didn't have a lot of money in the bank and you had it in your possession? Uh, from an asset standpoint or income streams, what would you be in a better or a worse position if you had diversified income streams and you have many different areas where income was coming from? Uh, from a banking standpoint, would you be in a better situation if you took proactive measures to create your own banking system using Whatever vehicle is at your disposal, I'm not sure what's available in those countries, but in the US, you could definitely do and set up your own banking system through the infinite banking concept. And you can also set up your own banking system utilizing crypto and decentralized finance vehicles. Would you be in a better or worse situation at that point, right? So just something to think about. Um, I'd like many, many options, as many as I can. Uh, and I'd like to take proactive measures so that I am positioned when there is an event or a crisis rather than trying to rush, uh, you know, and, and try and find or position myself then when the crisis is happening. It's almost like trying to rush out of a, you know, a burning building at that stage where everybody's running for the, to, to, to get out of the building as quickly as possible. You want to be the person out before everybody is scrambling for the door uh, to get out of the burning building. So just some things to think about. Think about your strategy. Think about how you have, well, how you can protect yourself, your family, your business, and your investments better. What can you do proactively now to have in place that if there is a crisis, you would be in a better position? Um, and if there's not, I think, uh, and I would argue that you would be better off anyway by having protective measures in place, by having a diversified uh, uh, income streams and income from different sources, right? By having a plan B. So uh, again, I appreciate all the support that everybody has, has given me. Uh, everything Cashflow Ninja is at cashflowninja.com. This show was brought to you by Swan Bitcoin. You could open up your Bitcoin savings account at swanbitcoin.com forward slash cashflow ninja, and you'll get $10. Uh, for free in Bitcoin when you do that. Um, and don't forget to grab a copy of my new book, The 21 Best Cashflow Niches Creating Wealth and the Best Alternative Cashflow Investments, available on Amazon or cashflowninja.com. And when you do purchase the book, screenshot a copy or, uh, and um, send a proof of purchase to my team at info.cashflowninja.com. And we'll give you access to a digital version of the book, an audio version of the book, a curated library of Cashflow Ninjas discussing all of these niches and more bonus goodies. Until next time, live infinitely. If you're interested in learning more about cashflow investing, I have compiled the 21 best cashflow investing strategies I have come across studying millionaires and billionaires for two decades and interviewing over 500 successful investors and wealth experts. You can grab the 21 cashflow investing strategy secrets at 21cashflowinvestingsecrets.com. That's 21, the number, cashflowinvestingsecrets.com.